Welcome to the C.L. Brown Show. I am your host, C.L. Brown, sports columnist with the Louisville Courier-Journal. Joining me on episode six, I have legendary and brilliant columnist Bill Roden. Took the time out of teaching his journalism class at Arizona State and writing columns for Anscape.com to join the show and discuss the biggest story in college football from week one. I also have joining me University of Louisville Athletic Director Josh Hurd to try and make sense of what the last week has been like as we cover everyone's favorite topic, conference realignment and ACC expansion. But first up, it's time for some pickup lines. Allow me to humble brag a little bit after going 3-0 last week, including taking two underdogs in Georgia Tech and Florida State. But this week, let's see if I can keep that same energy. Uh, Louisville and Murray State, that game has not, there is not a spread on that game right now as the recording of, at the recording of this podcast. The same goes for Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky. So we'll go national with these picks this week, starting with Notre Dame, seven and a half point favorite against NC State. I look back and Sam Hartman, when he was at Wake Forest, uh, quarterback, he's only one and two against NC State in the years that he started. In the last two seasons against the Pack, he's thrown a total of six interceptions. That don't matter though, he's with the Irish now. I'm taking Notre Dame in that game. Moving on to Miami is a four and a half point underdog against Texas A&M. I'm taking the Canes because the disrespect of the ACC as a football conference continues despite the evidence we saw in week one with North Carolina beating South Carolina by double digits, which, you know, those are basically comparable teams coming into the game. We thought we saw otherwise as it played out. And Florida State, you know, they basically curb stomped LSU in that game, in a game that early on it seemed like LSU was the better team. But as it played out, we saw different. So I'm thinking Miami is going to continue to trend that way with the ACC winning another game against the almighty SEC. Moving on to the final game for the week, Alabama. I have them right now. This line keeps moving as a seven-point favorite against Texas. Of course, this will be an SEC conference game starting next year. But for now, it's just one of the best games for the weekend of week two. And, I mean, let's just keep it simple. Roll Tide. Those are my picks for the weeks. For the week. And let's move on to the interviews. And I'd like to welcome to the stage a man who needs no introduction, as they say. You, you've seen him on ESPN before. You've read his columns in the New York Times. It is an honor and a privilege to welcome Mr. Bill Roden to the show. Bill, how are you today? It's all good, CL. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. I'm so, doing well. The honor is mine, man. <laughs> you are great this podcast. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> no doubt. Indeed. Indeed. Well, I, I read your latest column on Anscape.com. If you have not checked it out yet, 
uh, Bill wrote a column on Deion Sanders in his first game at Colorado with their huge 20-point uh, underdog, huge road win at TCU, knocking them from the rankings and uh, and probably adding Colorado. I haven't seen them yet. But um, so what, what was just that atmosphere like in general? I, I saw a video of Dion coming onto the field, you know, way early before – uh, before kickoff and, you know, just being jeered by the TCU home crowd and everything and him just it, it, almost like walking with a purpose if I'm reading too deep into it. But, you know, he just had that that air about him like he he knows something nobody else knows, which obviously uh-huh. played out in the game. Yeah, no, it was a great atmosphere. Um, and, uh, you know, this was a great day for uh, a lot of first-year coaches, you know, you guys at Louisville, uh, you know, got off to a great start. Uh, you know, you guys beat Georgia Tech. Um, so this is a great part of this. This is a great thing about this time of year. Like, everybody is – everybody can win the national championship. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, so, yeah. So, um, but the atmosphere in, and and uh, uh, at TCU, was, it, was, it was great. Um, and – you know, one thing you learn about Deion Sanders, he thrives in that kind of atmosphere. His whole thing has been the underdog and me against the world. That was the theme of his game. That was the theme. His 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 post game press conference was even better than the game. <laughs> <laughs> I I you know? saw the clip and really wanted to read whatever it was. I you know I don't know the reporter who asked the question, but with him basically saying Dion read all the stories and, and asking him if he was a believer now. And I, I, I didn't know how to take it. I didn't know if was Dion being over the top or did well, the reporter really write something that was, you know, heavy handed. Well, who cares? I mean, I think, <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, at the end of the day, you know, as a journalist, man, we just, we're addicted to the story. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, because you know, there are a couple of people asked questions. One asked questions about Shador and his uh, Deion said, Shador, you mean the one who played at Jackson State, the one who you said couldn't play, you know, and, and the poor, the poor journalist, he, you know, <laughs> he, you know, you're just basically just being used as a straight man. <laughs> you yeah. know. And and I think it was Ed Water, I think, from um ESPN, when he asked, Are you a believer? And, you know, man, you have to, as a journalist, and particularly if you've covered Dion, whether he was a player or whatever, there's always the entertainment showman's factor. Yeah. And that's why he is who he is. And, you know, I, I spent my birthday, you know, at the game. I was thinking, oh, I said, man, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to spend <laughs> my birthday in Dallas? Hey, at the end of the day, man, we make a decision based on journalism. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Is is this a great story? And as I was watching the game go back and forth and back and forth, I'm like, bingo. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and, and then, and then after they won, it was perfect. You know, it was, it was, it was, that, that was a payoff, you know, that was a payoff. So, uh, you know, people at TCU were stunned because I mean, they were 21 point underdogs, Yeah, you know? And so there's so many things I'm actually headed to Boulder, Colorado next week. Uh, for game two, Nebraska, uh, I, I call it yeah, Nebraska. And again, you know, Nebraska may be a little bit like 
you know, they, they have a great name. Yeah. But I'm not sure if the program, you know, if the program is as good as the name. Yeah. Um, same thing as, you know, you guys be Georgia Tech. You know, not you guys, but, you know, Louisville <laughs> be Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, Georgia Tech's, you know, great name, but you don't know. It's just, you know, it's just a very good, uh, it's just a good way to start the season. So um, we'll see, man. You know, the only thing about this stuff is you kind of talk trash and, as Dion said, collect these receipts. But it's a long season, man. It is a long I mean, season. It's a long season. So, in fact, I asked him at the very end, is that is this going to be is this going to be the tone of what you do? Are you going to bring in a bag of receipts every week? You know, and he's well, I'm not really that vindictive. I said, well, yeah, you cut hard. <laughs> I mean, he spent the whole thing. He walked into the press conference about I got receipts because he, you know, he came in there hunting for bear. But again, you know, you have to, you got to win. And and you know, he, uh, you know, he won at Jackson State, though two times he got knocked off in the championship game, and uh, he started winning here. So. It'll be fascinating to see, man. Like I said, it's a great story. Um, it's sort of multi-layered. It's about you know uh, black coaches at HBCU. If he succeeds, yeah, um, will will this help? Uh, you know, because you know, at big time college football, man, is it's a closed shop when it comes to our black head coaches. It's it's a closed shop, and um, I, I I don't know how you feel about it, but I think Dion's success. You know, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Maybe it will resonate if if he could if he could do well. So um, at the end of the day, man, a good time was had by all. It was a great story uh, for me, and uh, very entertaining. It's a very entertaining start of the season. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I have a I have a small Dion story here, but <laughs> before I get to that, one of his former players at Jackson State, Kevin Coleman, a receiver. Um, who transferred to Louisville, and he had a he had a great game, you know, opening game against Georgia Tech, uh, three catches for sixty six yards, and had a had a touchdown. But I, I wanted to uh, <laughs> I wanted to give you the story. Dion came through Louisville way back. This was early two thousands, and he was trying to get back to baseball. Mm. And the Bats are the AAA affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds, so he came through Louisville for a game. Uh, I covered the game. I, I feel like he was only here for like two or three games. So I, I, I covered one of them post game. I'm on a tight deadline and obviously he's the story. So I go to try and interview him. He would not talk to me until I talked to one of his teammates. And I, I don't even yeah. remember the scenario and what the guy contributed to the game. But to me, it, it struck me more. I, I, at first I was offended. <laughs> But then right. it was then I realized it was less about him being in control or trying to dictate things to a reporter and more about him trying to fit in in the locker room right. and right. you know n- not be the superstar who gains all this attention. But, you know, these guys have been here and they've worked all the, hard all year and that kind of thing. Now, I still didn't appreciate it. I just needed my quotes <laughs> <laughs> so I could get on with it. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I I do think there's a level of substance that gets lost in the style of Deion Sanders uh, that sometimes sometimes people miss. It it will be interesting, like you said, if if he ends up being 
uh, somebody who opens doors or if he's just looked at as Dion is is such an individual, you know, he's like Haley's Comet. Like, you just don't see that <laughs> very often. I, I do want to get your take on the larger picture of, of college athletics right now, because obviously Colorado is going to be moving back to the Big 12 uh, part of, you know, the thread that kind of led to the collapse of the Pac-12 with with Colorado leaving and set in motion all, all of the other teams. Well, I, I mean, obviously, UCLA and USC set the tone a year ago with their announcement about the Big Ten moving to the Big Ten. But this latest iteration of conference realignment. Are you in the camp that this is bad for college sports or are you looking at it more like this is just the new iteration and we will have new traditions and let's, let's all just get used to it. Yeah. I mean, I think you almost have to take the latter view that this is just all part of this crazy evolution that we've all lived through. I remember being in the big East, you know, when it was just, you know, these small Catholic schools, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they were basketball only. And then they decided they needed to, you know, bring in football, which, you know, then you bring in Louisville because you need football in Miami. And then you saw how, you know, when Syracuse, and Pittsburgh went to the ACC. So it's just um, an evolution. Um, now, will this deck of, you know, this, House of Cards fall down. I don't know. I think the the more intriguing, well, the equally intriguing thing is this whole transfer portal that has totally turned everything on its head. Um, I think you know the powers that be are going to have to deal with that sooner rather than later because it is um, you know the, the, the athletes suddenly have a lot of power, uh, but as Dion proved, the coaches have power. I mean, what he has like eighty six new players. He Totally, <laughs> yeah. Turned his roster inside out, you know. Uh, and um, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? I think it's it's good in the way that you know. Remember back? Well, you may not remember, but when when free agency first hit professional sports, uh, you know, the owners and all those people. Uh, uh, you know, excuse the background noise, but I'm in a terminal. Um, but but I think that. Um, you know, people were afraid of free agency. And of course now, man, people love free agency because your fortunes your, your fortunes can turn from like day to night, overnight. So basically I I I think it is to me, it's just fascinating. You know, I guess that's my final word on I think it's it's just fascinating. It's, and, and I'm glad I'd rather be a journalist covering it than a coach trying to deal with it. <laughs> All right, welcome to the show, University of Louisville Athletic Director Josh Hurd. Josh, thank you for joining me today. I wanted to just kind of jump right into where we're at in college athletics right now. And from an administrator's perspective, this is going to sound like a crazy question, but how do you predict the future? Like, how, how do you try and position UofL for what's going to happen? And it, it's kind of like a guessing game. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, it is, but you know, I think that's a large majority of life, uh, you know, and so you just try to uh, put, put yourself, put the university, put the athletic department in the best position possible to be successful, uh, no matter what, uh, what that future looks like, you know, if you don't know what that future looks like. And, uh, you know, that's what we've been focused on. That's what 
uh, our president, myself, that's uh, our coaches, that's what we're focused on every day, uh, is just trying to say, hey, how, is, how can we make sure that the University of Louisville is going to be well positioned as we move forward here? And uh, uh, to your point, what that looks like, I, you know, nobody knows. And uh, so we just have to do, we have to control what we can control. Uh, I don't feel like I'm uh, giving a, a coach's speech right now. Uh, but, you know, we can't worry about what everybody else is doing. Uh, you know, we have to be aware of, of what's going on around us. But if we focus on uh, doing our very best here in Louisville and at the University of Louisville, we'll be in a good position. Kind of to, to that point, it's like you have a singular focus, but it's also a collective focus with, with the ACC. But... How do you, especially now, it seems less about TV market size and that kind of thing and more about brand of a school. Um, how, how do you push forward kind of that brand of, of University of Louisville to make it, you know, the most attractive it can be? Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's just trying to continue to do what we've done for a number of years around here at the University of Louisville, if you look at where uh, this program was, you know, 15 years ago uh, when it was in Conference USA, uh, and then made that transition to the Big East. You know, we had one year in the American, and ultimately the ACC. Uh, and you know, by and large, that you know, those transitions happen because of the success on the field. Uh, and so we have to continue to try to put ourselves in position to be successful. You know, football, men's basketball. Uh, are, are the big drivers, but you know they take a look at the entire portfolio, and so uh, we need to make sure that we're doing things. You know, when it comes to you know volleyball and uh, all the sports, baseball that we have that are really successful, women's basketball, and uh, so that's what we're going to try to do. It doesn't seem like that saves Stanford. Like Stanford, in terms of collective, you know, and brand, like everybody knows Stanford, but it it seemed like. You know, when the, the music stopped playing, they were left without a seat until now with the ACC. Yeah, and so I think you, I think you could contend that, you know, they ended up in a pretty good spot. Uh, you know, I think they ended up uh, with a conference that probably aligns uh, to, their, to their values academically and athletically a little bit better than uh, maybe uh, any other options that they had. Uh, you know, if you look at the success from the ACC on the, on the non-revenue on the Olympic sports side, I touched on it a few minutes ago. Uh, you know, I think the last two years, the ACC has won more national championships than uh, any other any other conference. And you look at Stanford, and they've won more national championships than any other individual program. And so I think that's a, a really good uh, marriage uh, for for those programs. Cal, I think, is in the same boat. Uh, you know, they've they've been highly successful in a number of sports. You know, maybe haven't seen uh, recent success in football or men's basketball, but. Uh, you know, that's the other thing that you have to be really cognizant of is uh, everybody in college athletics is trying to win at the highest level. And so, you know, the successes that you have, they're going to ebb and flow. And, uh, you know, I think one of the stats that I, I've seen over the last couple of weeks that was really interesting to me is if you, I think you take the last 10 years from a football success standpoint, you know, Stanford has more, more wins than Georgia and more uh, New Year's six day wins than Georgia does. Uh, and so, you know, I didn't know that either. Yeah, That's yeah no, I, and so you, like I said, you just try to create a, a department, a program that's going to have sustained success. And uh, if you do that, people are going to recognize it and, and you'll, be in a, you'll be in a good position. So kind of as a segue, um, how much do you think college football will change? We've heard a lot of speculation like, you know, and, and I'm a believer that there'll be a super league at some point where, it's, it's no longer necessarily about conferences and college football kind of breaks away from the NCAA 
uh, as a whole. And I'm sure you've heard a lot of the same kind of uh, going back to that first question about predicting the future. Like um, what's kind of your philosophy in terms of the changes that we, we might be seeing? Yeah, I, I don't think I have an overall philosophy as far as you know, what the future looks like. I, it, there's just so many variables out there. And a lot of times I think there's variables out there that, uh, you know, I, I just call them the everyday fan, uh, isn't really uh, in tune with or cognizant of. And, and I wouldn't expect them to be. That's not their job. They're fans, right? They just want to see their teams compete. And, uh, you know, it's presidents, athletic directors. It's, it's our jobs to, to uh, look at all the different variables out there. And that's, you know, that's what we try to do. And, uh, you know, I, I, for me, it's, it's a real combination uh, of trying to balance what's in the very best interest of the institution, right? Because that's my number one responsibility. What's the best thing out there for the University of Louisville? but making sure that we don't get so selfish and short-sighted that we're not paying attention to the big picture and what's best for college athletics. Speaking of that, so I feel like some of the tradition and things we've been used to in college sports, college football, is going to be going out of the window now with, with some of the changes that have been made in schools that are coming in. How do you kind of balance? Is it more or less we, we have to get used to a new tradition? Like we, we need to be forging that ahead or? Yeah, I think that I think that's some of it. Uh, I really do. And uh, yeah, there's going to you know, there's going to be rivalries that get broken up and there's going to be traditions that change. But, uh, you know, I think if, if you can uh, just say, hey, you know, things do evolve. Everything evolves. Everything changes in life. And, uh, you know, if you would have told me. Uh, a couple of years ago, hey, uh, the University of Louisville is going to have the chance to go to uh, San Francisco and uh, you know, Northern California and play Stanford and Cal from time to time. And, uh, you know, our Olympic sports are going to regularly get to compete against, you know, Stanford and, and Cal and SMU and uh, open up, you know, open up new recruiting areas in California and Dallas. I would have said that. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but it's happened, and now we just have to make the most of it. And so, uh, you know, I think, once again, if you can strike that balance, ideally you strike that balance of some traditions that you don't want to get rid of uh, while you're creating new ones. And, uh, uh, you know, I think that's where you find the sweet spot where, where fans tend to be pretty happy. And, uh, you know, that's what, that's what we're going to try to do. Much has been made. Uh, Florida State, State has been the most vocal about the, the revenue gap compared to the Big Ten and the SEC and everything. And uh, reportedly, I haven't seen the details myself, but Cal and Stanford are going to take a, a won't get a full percentage until much later. And SMU has kind of deferred uh, their revenue split. Are there still discussions in terms of how the the I guess core member, for lack of a better word, of the ACC, that that pie is going to be split up right now, or is it already in stone? What's what's where that money's going to go? No, there's still going to be some some questions that have to get answered uh, relative to the success initiative as far as how that gets broken up uh, from a from a men's basketball and football perspective, and that's you know right now it's those two sports as far as being incentivized for on the court or on the field uh, success and. Uh, you know, is there an opportunity for other sports to have uh, some sort of variable in that equation as far as success goes? Uh, but uh, still need to define exactly what those metrics and benchmarks look like as far as, you know, is it, is it uh, competing in a bowl game? Is it finishing in the top 25? Is it, uh, you know, what round you make in the NCAA tournament? So on and so forth. So, uh, you know, presidents and ADs will work through that with, uh, with the ACC office and with Commissioner Phillips. And, uh, you know, I think it, 
uh, it, it helps solve uh, uh, or helps us get closer to uh, some of those numbers in the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, you know, we're not going to we're not going to achieve those same numbers. You know, it's a it's a math equation. They're, they are creating more revenue with their with their contracts, but uh, I do think it provides an opportunity for those teams that are uh, seeing success in football and men's basketball to get closer to that number in those other conferences. How much is enough? How much revenue is enough? Because the ACC, yeah. I mean, this is a record year for revenue distribution. And I, I don't know, just kind of on the outside looking in, I feel like do what you got, you know, yeah. the money you get. Yeah, no, I think that's a really, I think that's one of the, one of the hardest pieces of uh, the college athletics model. And for me, it's not the college athletics model. It's really the nonprofit model. You know, in a, in a nonprofit model, you essentially spend uh, – by and large, the, the amount of revenue that you bring in. And uh, ideally, you're putting some back and you're, you know, you've got a rainy day fund, but uh, you, know, you just get new, new things that you have to pay for every year. You know, the last couple of years, it was Alston funding. You know, for us, that's an additional three and a half million. Uh, and then, you know, you just say, all right, what are our priorities? And, you know, one of our priorities recently was mental health. Uh, and so, you know, we went from having uh, two full-time mental health professionals to 10. Well, that costs money. <laughs> uh, and so there's always opportunities for us to, uh, for us to spend the revenue that we're creating. And uh, for me, it's just how do you prioritize that? And, uh, you know, I think luckily we're in a really good situation where it's like, hey, you know, we've got a really good foundation here. You know, from a facility standpoint, we've got, we've got a lot of things that a lot of other programs don't have. And so, uh, you know, how do we, how do we, get that to our student athletes and uh and at times our coaches but predominantly our student athletes so that they have a really really good experience here uh you know i think sometimes people think that's a little cliche in the you know the quote unquote student athlete experience but uh you know there's still opportunities for us to to make it better across the board you know we i had a conversation with with a student athlete the other day they were playing in philly and i made the comment of like, oh, that's a direct flight, you know, Louisville to Philly should be a quick trip. And she's like, oh, like, we actually have a layover. And I, I, I literally, uh, it's like, it's on my to-do list this week to go to our, uh, the staff that handles travel for us and be like, what, you know, what's the cost difference to go direct to Philly as opposed to a layover? It can't be that much, you know, because uh, like that should be an opportunity for us to just make the experience a little bit better for our student athletes. Uh, you know, and I think the other call it misnomer a lot of times is that you know power five programs just have more money than they know what to do with uh you know we don't we, we just don't and uh we texas still, maybe <laughs> i hey I, I'll, I'll, I'll let texas speak for texas i can speak for the university of louisville and uh, you know we we are we're trying we're still trying to make ends meet uh and you know i don't think we're spending exorbitantly around here you know by the time you try to take care of uh, 23 sports and uh, take care of the fans and uh, you know the coaches and everything else in between. It's like, hey, we we don't have a lot of money left over. Yeah, I'm gonna tweet that that phrase, student athlete, and ask how close to how close are we? Do you believe to athletes as employees? I, me personally, uh, I still think we're we're uh, a ways down the road there uh, because. I think if you take a look at a large majority of our student athletes, uh, they're really happy with uh, how how things transpire here as far as uh, going to school, uh, playing a sport, you know, the benefits they get 
uh, from playing that sport relative to going to school here. Uh, so I, for me personally, I, I think that there's uh, that's still a ways down the road. But once again, you know, I can't predict the future. But uh, I would tell you, as I and I, I, it's something I pride myself on is trying to stay connected with our student athletes and have conversations with them. Uh, you know, I, I sure don't sense that from from our student athletes around here that they're chomping at the bit uh, to be you know to be named employees. You know, I think they like the uh, I think they like the setup as far as uh, you know them playing a sport that they love and getting to go to school and getting the benefits that uh, from that. And uh, but uh, you know, it's uh, we're, we're we're one piece of the pie. But like I said, I think uh, by and large, a large majority of our student athletes look at it that way. And I will let you go on this. Um, is the ACC fractured? Like, are there hard feelings with kind of, you know, some of the talk that, that has come, especially, again, out of Florida State? Um, you know, I think this is this goes back to what I said earlier. You know, you have to balance what's best for your individual institution if you're a president or an, or an athletic director relative to the conference that you're a part of. And, and, and we're all different, and we're all in different situations. And, and uh, we all think a little bit differently, and, uh, and so you know, that's just making sure that uh, we can all get in a room and talk about things and uh, you know, come, to, uh, come to conclusions that make, the sense, make, make sense for everybody. And uh, you know, look, I think that happened on, on Friday. Uh, you know, we added three new teams to the league, uh, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't unanimous, but that's okay. You know, last night I was cheering for Florida State. Uh, you know, I I had some I had some pride with the ACC uh, winning that game and North Carolina winning that game against South Carolina. Uh, and so uh, we're not always it's like anything in life we're not going to agree on everything. Uh, but I think uh, once again, if if a majority of everybody in the room can say, hey, this is what's best for the conference, uh, while also benefiting my institution individually that that the ACC is going to be strong for years to come. So to answer your question, I I don't think so. I really don't. That concludes another episode. I'd like to thank my guest, Bill Roden and Josh Hurd for being a part of it. And all of you who hear my voice for listening. If you like what you heard, by all means, subscribe. And we can do this every week. Thanks again for joining. 